Hi, everybody. Hi, Keisha. Hi, Keisha. Sorry to interrupt you. Hi, That's okay. I'm TV. I'm your timekeeper. How would you like your time? Do you want five minutes you and maybe one 15. minute? Mm -hmm. Yes, if you could give me a five and a one, that'd be awesome. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. My name is Keisha. I'm a recovering adult child in this program, and um, I'm also in another fellowship um, for the disease of compulsive overeating. And for me, the two areas of dysfunction in my life overlap. And so I may mention food, I may not. Um, I prayed and asked uh, my higher power as to what I should share about. And part of what I heard was, and no notes. I just want you to speak from your heart. So I'm gonna read a passage in the Big Red Book, which is on page 289, uh, starting at the second paragraph. And it says, it's page 289, second paragraph. By loving ourselves, we can begin to take down our final wall and let love in. This is the core of the onion, self-love. Letting someone in takes courage because we have been hurt deeply by rejection as children. We loved our parents naturally, but our parents could not accept our gift. They did not love themselves. They could not recognize what we were trying to give them. As children, we were confused by our parents' rejection. We quickly learned to retract our love and bury it deep inside. We created a false self who chased people and things so we could feel in control but never whole. We thought we had buried our love permanently, but it is there. No matter what we have done in the false self, our love is there. This means we can love others. This means we can be a friend. And I'll read this second paragraph and be done. By loving ourselves, we see there is more love in the world than we realize. There is still much dependency and addiction, but there is love and we can see it. We recognize it because it is in us. By recognizing love, our false self dissolves. We realize we are not our addictions. We are not drugs, food, spending, gambling, sex, or compulsions. We are love. And I chose that passage because as it's related for me to um, associating with other ACAs is that my background is that I grew up as an only child. And so friendship was a big issue for me. Uh, and it still is, you know, I, um, I have people that I call family, which is basically friends who are like family. That's the phrase that I've coined and probably somebody else coined it, but I like it. Um, but my family is very, very important to me. But my, uh, but my family also, um, a lot of them are not in recovery. Most of them are not in recovery. So, I had to learn how to share the most vulnerable parts of myself with complete strangers. And that is a tool that has helped me tremendously in recovery because there's just something about being able to bear your soul to people who have had the same type of soul experience that you have had that begins to cause healing to come to pass. In my family, my uh, parents really hated each other. They did not get along. They fought. 
I have jokingly talked about when my mother pulled out a cast iron skillet and hit my dad in the head with it. And he started to bleed. And this was before I was getting ready to go to school one morning. And my dad laughed. And he said, oh, I love feisty. That's the house that I grew up in. Just not paying attention to the effect that they had on me. The only kid in the house. I was my mom's emotional punching bag. And my father ignored me a lot. And I think that they were doing the best they could. I know that they were doing the best they could. They were parenting me based on how they had been parented. They were parenting me based on what they thought was right. Um, for example, they, when we, we I'm, I'm a New Yorker. I was born in the Bronx. We moved to Queens when I was seven. And when I was about seven and a half, my mother said, okay, you need to go to church. I'm not going, your dad's not going. We don't like church, but church is good for you. So you're gonna go. And I thought, oh, okay. And she said, and because I sometimes won't feel like driving you, we're gonna go to the closest church that's walking distance. So I'm gonna walk you there the first time and then you're on your own. Now, I would consider that abusive, <laughs> even though it was church, cause I was seven and a half. That was a lot. But I grew up with this sense that I was alone, alone. I also grew up with a sense that my parents were not safe. And I am one of the ones in this program whose parents were not alcoholic. They were severely dysfunctional. My dad was an ACA who never got help for that. And I have tried to dig in my mother's family line to find out what the origin of the dysfunction was there. I believe my mother was also uh, had some mental health issues that were never addressed. But nobody on my mother's side of the family will talk because everybody's perfect and nobody did anything wrong and everybody was just pristine. Well, clearly that's not the case because here I am, right? Um, so what I've learned since I've been in program is that the expression of the core of myself, which is what that reading talked about, the core of me being love, I have discovered that in this program. I've discovered that my essence, my true self is this kid who just loved everybody and wanted to be seen and wanted to be heard. And I like dancing and twirling around. And, you know, I like getting people to sing and, and be involved and be silly with me. And as an adult now, I recognize that that was pure love. I did not care what you looked like, what you gave me or didn't gave, give me. I didn't care about anything other than let me love you. And so what I find now is that, are you about to say five minutes? No, okay. Um, what I have um, learned now is that in ACA, the fellows that are here, whether they're quiet or they're talkative, because we share that same heart sense of being love and trying to find it for ourselves instead of in other people or instead of in controlling things so that things will work for us because for a lot of us, things haven't worked. But once we are able to locate 
the people in the program, the people in recovery, even if they're not in this program, but they're in another one. Uh, if they're in recovery, they're also peeling their onion to find their love at the core, the self-love that is at the core. And I find that as an ACA, that has to be paramount in my mind in order for me to live in recovery, in order for me to be able to relate to people in a kinder, gentler way than how I was related to. That's when you pinpoint the love in a person. You know, the book talks about uh, being a loving parent and learning how to be a loving parent to yourself. That is really important to my recovery. And I have those words plastered across my brain. Gentleness, humor, love, respect. And in order for me to give those to other people, I have to feel it for myself. My parents didn't feel that for themselves, so they couldn't give it to me. As much as they may have wanted to or didn't want to or didn't think it was necessary or whatever it was, it doesn't matter. What matters today is that I'm learning how to be a loving parent to myself every day. And I'm also learning that if I am a loving parent to the best of my ability to other people, then I get to see the true essence of who they are come out. And my ACA meetings and family helped me to do that. I have an 18-year-old son, and there is a marked difference between my parenting before ACA and my parenting after ACA. And I have to say, I am so grateful to my higher power for leading me to this program. Oh, and I tell a funny story how I found this program. Um, I was going, thank you, I see that. I was going to Al-Anon meetings and Naranon meetings because my ex-husband and other people I had been in a relationship, I was affected by their drug use and alcoholism. And so I was in a, a Naranon meeting one day and it was mostly parents um, of adult children with uh, drug issues. And I was railing about my mother that day. My mother, my mother just used to get under my skin. It was like, I could never do anything right. It was never quite enough. Um, there was always something lacking. She was a bully. She talked to me crazy, just bizarre stuff. And, and somebody walked up to me and said, hey, I'm not trying to take your inventory, but I think you might benefit from ACA. And I was like, what is ACA? <laughs> So I went to a meeting to find out what this was. And when I tell you, the first meeting, I ran away scared. I went to a face-to-face -face meeting. I was like, oh, no, this is nuts. This is not me. I am out. And it took about 21 days, maybe, of remembering what I had heard and what I had felt. And that's the most important thing. How they made me feel, which was seen and heard and accepted, which I didn't feel in my family of origin. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna go back. Just like in the other program, it says, give it six meetings before you decide. So by meeting four, I knew I was home and I just plunged into this program. And I'm so, so grateful that I did um, because it's changed my life. It's changed my son's life. We had a horrific relationship. Uh, he's 18 now, just turned 18 in November. But those early teenage years, like that 11, 12, 13, 14, good Lord, 
it was like I wanted to choke him. He wanted to choke me. We came, we both came really close a couple of times to doing that. But now this is a young man because of my recovery and because of his maturity, I will give him credit. He now comes to me and says, mom, I feel down or mom, I'm feeling depressed or mom, can you help me? Mom, can you do this? Can you do that? As opposed to going in his room and shutting the door and not coming out which was what he was doing before. And I'm so very grateful, grateful to this program, but mostly grateful to my fellows who are in it. Because when you show me your love, it gives me a little bit more love to show to someone else. And I can parent myself and others as they come in my life with gentleness, humor, love, and respect. That's all I got. Thanks for listening.